Keeping Afloat by Cruise Director Kabir. This is Season 2, Episode 2 of Keeping Afloat. I'm Kabir, your Cruise Director. Being a Cruise Director is a pretty cool job, even if at the minute I am the official Cruise Director of my house. But when I'm actually on a ship, I'm in charge of all onboard entertainment and guest experience. And I couldn't do my job without the amazing team of multinational crew members that I have the honor and privilege of working with. From Broadway or West End style shows to activities on the pool deck or making announcements with a captain, I'm in charge of guiding my guests through once in a lifetime experiences on every single ship I work on. Be sure to check out my Instagram page at Cruise Director Kabir for daily updates. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a share on Instagram as well. Just a quick disclaimer, the views expressed in this show are mine and not that of any brand that I'm associated with. The names of the characters in this story have been changed from their original ones and certain storylines may have been modified. This ship was much older than my last one, and it was evident. The decor was dated, and I can even describe it as Vegas style and over the top. Now, I can't name the specific cruise line or the ship that I was on, as you've likely come to know through the duration of this podcast. But what I can do is give it a fictitious name. So in this case, we're going to call my new cruise line Ocean Cruise Line, and the ship the Oceanic Joy. A ship built in the late 1990s, but based on a design from the late 1980s. So while the ship's hull had stood the test of time, I could also tell that its heyday was long over. It was the morning of my first sea day on board, and having just arrived a day before, I had already figured out my way around. Now my family sailed on this class of ship a few times in the past, so I knew where mostly everything was, and frankly, the design of the ship was pretty straightforward. The challenge now was finding crew areas, and at the moment that this story was being written, that was the hotel director's office, which was somewhere around the vicinity of the casino. As I was looking down the promenade trying to spot this very well-hidden office, my ship's phone rang and the caller ID said hotel director. Hello, you are the new shopping expert. I said, yes, actually, I'm looking for your office. The person on the other end of the phone, the hotel director, was very calm. Don't worry, I will come outside and bring you in. Before I knew it, a tall Indian man dressed in all white with four very thick stripes was standing and waving to me from down the promenade. I followed Fabian, the hotel director, to his office, which was conveniently nestled in a corner that I would have never found. The office itself was a far cry from the luxury that I'd experienced at my previous cruise line. Fabian himself was 5'10", and he was from South India. As we sat down, Fabian spoke very authoritatively, but also in a very calming voice. Kabir, I'm very sorry for sending you such a strong email. I thought the last shopping guide was still on board, so please take your time getting storage spaces in order. From the conversation that I had with him, he was a very reasonable guy. I left his office feeling good, and if there was anything I had learned about ships, 
It was all about who you know and the relationships you form. The role of a cruise director changes from brand to brand. And that means that some cruise lines put more of an emphasis on being front of house, and other cruise lines put more emphasis on the management side, and it's less about performance. At Ocean Cruise Line, it was clear they wanted the cruise director on stage all the time. At my previous cruise line, the cruise director wasn't meant to be as accessible. It was supposed to be a novelty. It was classier. At Ocean, it was more about getting in your face. Another huge difference? Revenue ruled, and it was all about the hard sell. On the first Sea Day morning, there was a show called Fun On Board, Fun On Shore. And it wasn't much of a show, as much as it was a sales pitch for shore excursions. As I left Fabian's office, I walked down the promenade, past the casino, and I decided to go to my storage locker, which happened to be along the back wall of the theater. As I entered, the Fun On Board show was in full swing. And Carter, the cruise director, was on stage, raffling off free shore excursions with a shore excursions manager, who happened to be a South African man wearing a comically orange uniform. As I walked into my locker, I was startled when he said, And now we're giving away a coupon book provided by your shopping guide, Kareem. After he said this, there was a slight pause, and he kind of turned around and said, Oh, I don't think he's awake yet because we don't have a coupon book. Oh well, you never know with these shopping people. The audience just sort of chuckled, and I wanted to take the joke, but I just knew it was more about reading between the lines than anything else. My shopping show was slated to start directly after his show, so I had to make sure that all of my stuff was ready to go backstage. Coincidentally, I also thought it would be the best place to catch Carter after he was finished his performance. As I went up to him, I could swear I saw the completion of an eye roll. Hey, I'm really sorry about the coupon book. Nobody told me about that. Also, my name's Kabir, not Kareem. He just huffed and grinned slightly. Really? Nobody told you about the book? It makes me look pretty stupid up there when I'm unprepared. I was stunned, not knowing what to say back to this guy. And also, he didn't say anything about calling me the wrong name. Give it to my assistant next time. They'll make sure it's placed with all the other prizes. With that, he turned on his heel and scurried away. You've got to have a thick skin when you work on a ship, and in this case, I could see it was slightly personal, which was surprising because I didn't know anything about this guy. Now, I did notice one thing. The shore excursions manager, the man dressed in the orange uniform, ran up to Carter as he left backstage. Then, he turned around to give me a glance and they were both definitely talking about me. But I didn't have time to think about that, because my very first shopping show started in less than 10 minutes, and I was definitely unprepared. Seeing as I worked for a third-party company, the stage staff weren't allowed to help, or willing, to help me set up. 
It was a little bit cold, because in my last job, the stage crew would always be around to assist. In this case, I had all my stuff to put up and not enough time to do it. And the biggest thing was making sure that my script was on the podium because there was no way I could memorize an hour-long show with that many details. Finally, the clock struck 11.30, and I was as ready as I'll ever be. I played my introduction, and just as I walked on stage and said hello, the PA chime rang. Good morning, Oceanic Joy. This is Carter, your cruise director, with some important information as to what's going on. At this point, I just made eye contact with my audience of 25 guests and waited, hoping that at least Carter would remember to mention my show. And sure enough, he did. And finally, head to the theater where your port shopping guide, Kareem, is going to give you shopping tips and free prizes, including a diamond heart necklace. Great. Apparently at this point, I was being renamed to Kareem, and once he was done, I decided to just get on with the show. And then, an interesting thing happened. About 10 minutes in, the theater flooded with people. My audience went from just 25 people in the audience to over 200. But it didn't necessarily last that long. Halfway through the show, I noticed people were yawning and getting up to leave. That was followed by not being able to charge people for the coupon books that I was required to sell in the middle of the show. Frankly, because it was just going to take too long and there were too many people. The shopping show was dull. It wasn't as much of a show as it was a sales pitch. It was packed full of hard sells and frankly, some interesting information that I didn't necessarily know was credible. And at the end of the show, the goal was to get as many guests to walk over to my shopping desk as possible, then to give out VIP cards. The concept was that a VIP card would offer a bigger discount to guests if they were looking to buy diamonds, jewelry, watches, that sort of stuff. And seeing as I'd not even been ashore yet in any of these ports, including Nassau, I had no clue how that system was going to work. After the show, I got a call from the production manager. Hey, so you've got to pay us for the recording for your show. It's 50 bucks. And the surprises just kept on coming. Have you ever been to cruisedirectorkabir.com? If you haven't yet, make sure to go. You can get exclusive Keeping Afloat merch, from t-shirts and tank tops to sweaters, homeware, tech accessories, and so much more. Just go to cruisedirectorkabir.com slash store, and you can use the coupon code KEEPINGAFLOAT to save 10%. Plus, it's a great way to support the show. As much as the morning was stressful, the rest of the day was well, relaxed. I was relieved to finally get some time to set up my cabin, which was stacked full of supplies, including almost a thousand shopping maps, which needed to be stuffed with flyers because I'd need them at the gangway tomorrow. The only thing on the agenda for the rest of the day was the hotel director's meeting, which he liked to call the daily compass. Every day, Fabian would have all 15 of his direct reports get together for a meeting at 6 p.m. And my first meeting was definitely going to be a memorable one. 
For this one, Fabian picked one of the ship's smaller lounges, generally used for karaoke. And as I walked in, I was struck by the giant Greek warriors holding up the pillars and the ceiling of the lounge, an indication of the Greek god theme of the space that was very Vegas and 1980s style. The designers really went to town on this room in particular. I can tell they just had an absolute ball. The group of 15 people included the guest services manager, financial officer, shop manager, retail managers, and amongst other people that were part of the hotel department. Oddly enough, this cruise line split the role of food and beverage director in half. So you have the food operations manager and then a separate beverage operations manager. All of this just was very different from the world I was used to. As I pulled up a chair, Fabian looked up from the paper he was reading. Ah, Kabir, everyone quiet down. This is Kabir, our new port shopping guide. Please welcome him with open arms. It's not easy being on your own. He looked around the room, looking puzzled. Where is the cruise director? A small woman wearing a sweater and holding a laptop responded. He's coming. Thank you very much, Alice. Fabian nodded. I learned that she was the ship's media manager, and also the only other Canadian on the ship. I thought it would be a great idea to sit next to her, because everybody needs a friend, and being from the same country, considering it's she's the only other person from Canada, I thought it was a good idea. A minute or so later, Carter walked in, and it turned out that the only empty seat happened to be beside me. Carter looked at the seat, then looked around, likely to see if there were any other seats, and then begrudgingly sat next to me. He leaned over and whispered, You shouldn't be here. I can just give you the information that you need. Fabian looked over at Carter and said, Carter, I decide who comes to this, not you. And with that, let's begin. The meeting was basically about collaboration between departments. Managers talking about their challenges, ideas, solutions. It was actually inspiring. And I was just happy to be among managers and just to see how decisions are made because I'd fought so hard to have that type of responsibility at my last cruise line. This brings me to my final point. Supporting each other when it comes to revenue targets. Kabir, has anyone talked to you about the Ocean Times? He was talking about the ship's daily newsletter, the one that went out to guests every day. And I quickly responded saying, no, I had no information on that. Fabian turned to Carter and said, Carter, take Alice to go to your office after this meeting and explain to Kabir how the Ocean Times works. Alice, as I learned, was the name of the other Canadian girl. And it was her job to write the program every day as well as to maintain signage, print documents, advertisements, and ensuring that everything was brand standard. Carter's office also happened to be his cabin, a contrast from my previous cruise line. As I walked into Carter's cabin, I just noticed that everything was a lot more basic. No granite countertops, no fancy bathtub or premium fixtures. Carter went to the other end of the room and logged into his computer, while Alice told me everything I needed to know, as well as giving me a style guide. Basically, I had to email her with anything that went into the Ocean Times. And as I got up to leave, I said bye to Carter. He looked me up and down, nodded, and went back to his work. The one nice thing to come out of that meeting? 
Alice and I made plans to go out the following evening and explore the ship. But before I could even think about that, I had to endure my first day in port, and frankly, the most important day of my contract. My walls sounded like they were going to implode. All of my shopping maps were falling over. The cabinet doors were opening and closing, and everything on my desk was shifting around. I very quickly discovered that my cabin was directly above the ship's forward thrusters, and were maneuvering into port. Now, in my experience with Nassau, the ship would enter the port, then rotate 180 degrees and reverse in alongside the berth. The whole process took about 30 minutes, which, like it or not, meant I had to get up. All of my shopping maps had to be cleaned up, and within about 15 minutes, I was at the gangway, showered and ready to go, which was pretty record timing. From what I saw during my training cruise, I had to stand at the gangway and basically stay there until all 1,000 maps were given away. Which, by the way, I had to pay for out of my own pocket. Since I worked for an external company, I had to pay for the printing and folding of the shopping maps every four or five days, which was adding up quickly. By 8.30, I was out of maps and walking ashore. Now, I'm not sure if you've been to Nassau before, but many frequent cruisers have. Luckily, I'd been many times in the past, and it was all pretty familiar. What was odd was wearing kind of smart casual, because I was wearing shorts and a black polo, and it was just odd to be ashore and wearing that sort of stuff, especially while it was so hot. My job today was to go to all of the stores and check in, as well as to assist with any sales. But my central hub was our biggest client, the Diamond Store, the one where I sat with the company's CEO. As I walked into the store in Nassau, I was surprised how familiar it was. I remembered being there a few times as my dad shopped for watches, and it was vast, tall, opulent, and it was a direct contrast to the street it was on. The store was bright, full of watches, diamonds, tanzanite, jewelry, and it was overwhelming to know that I had to market all of that to guests. I felt way over my head in terms of things I needed to learn. As I walked in, I was stared at by the store's staff. Since I was wearing a name tag, I guess I stood out and people were wondering who I was. I walked all the way to the back of the store, where I asked one of the Bahamian store employees to speak to Paula, who was my contact for the diamond store. The woman I was speaking to made it seem like I had asked her an extremely big favor. She kind of stared at me, rolled her eyes, and said, One second. And then with zero sense of urgency, walked through a door, and then came back five minutes later with a tall, slim brunette woman, whom I presumed was Paula. This was by far one of the most important days of my contract. It was all about introducing myself and making a good impression. Plus, it was about building relationships with the stores that I had to represent. All of this was new to me, and I felt the pressure. Not only that, I didn't necessarily have a guidebook that was telling me what to do. My biggest bet was just to be myself and hope. Now also, despite reporting to head office, 
They didn't necessarily know about what the climate of the ship was like, and nor did they know what was actually happening in these ports of call. Or really anything to do with the actual execution and operation of sales. The office knew what they were contractually obligated to do. When it came to putting that into practice, it was up to me to improvise most of it. Sometimes the hotel director or the captain didn't necessarily agree, and then it became a murky situation. Paula took me around the store, introduced me to all the salespeople. This is Kabir, the new shopping guide from Oceanic Joy. I basically smiled and nodded. I won't lie, I kind of felt like the queen. Pretty soon, I went upstairs to meet Isaac, the manager of the Nassau Diamond Store. Nassau was their largest and highest revenue store. Sometimes Nassau could have up to eight ships in port, some carrying over 6,000 passengers and crew. And on a busy day, the port of Nassau could easily have 20 or even 30,000 people passing through it. And Isaac was responsible for all of the revenue his store could produce. I was led into a conference room above the main sales floor, overlooking the tallest section of the store. Now, Isaac himself wasn't that tall, about five foot five and stocky. He had short, curly brown hair. Ah, welcome. You are Kabir, the new shopping host for Oceanic Joy. I smiled, said hello, and sat down. Isaac and Paula were on the opposite end of this massive conference table. The walls were bare and white, and there was a really big ceiling fan. The windows had bars on them, despite being on the second floor. You need to get out there and make some money. I smiled, looked up, and said, Yep, that's my job. Isaac slammed the table and said, You need to smell it like a shark. If they don't have the money, put them on financing. I was just staring at this point, kind of startled by Isaac's slamming of the table, and I just nodded. Do you even have what it takes? You look worried. And he was right. I was worried. I'm ready to do what it takes, but within reason, of course, I responded. That put Isaac at ease, and he just barked out sales strategies to me for the better part of an hour. And then I mustered up the courage to say, look, I appreciate that I need to be here, but I also have to go and check in with all of the other stores on the list, too. Paula gave me a look that said, Oh, honey, you just shouldn't have said that, and started blinking rapidly at me. I tried to dismiss it and just started to stand. Isaac looked at me and said, Nonsense, he paused. Then he opened his arms and said, You must stay for lunch. We're ordering in. I had concluded that this guy was nuts, but wow, was that a welcome meal, and it was the best food I'd had since leaving home. Walking up that gangway at 4pm was the biggest relief of my life. I felt like I was safe, knowing that Isaac didn't have access to the ship, even if he tried. I'd actually managed to close my first sale a $500 diamond ring. Now my target was $10,000, but hey, a start is a start. I did manage to sneak away and go to the other stores eventually, including this incredible bamboo clothing store, which to this day is my favorite. 
this particular cruise, the only port that I had to work in was Nassau, meaning my work was pretty much done for the week. My only obligation was my desk hours. Now, the port shopping guides on most ships have a desk along the promenade. This meant that guests could come by, ask questions, or get a VIP card. And that worked especially for ships that sailed to more than one port that had shopping in it. At 6pm, I got to my desk, and for one solid hour, I took on the job of helping guests find the ship's aft dining room. Somehow, Ocean Cruise Line built eight identical ships, all of which had a secret entrance to the aft dining room. And in the end, it became a brilliant way to speak to people and sell coupon books. Something that I already started to miss at this point was just being able to speak to guests about just themselves without having a vested interest in trying to sell them something. Luckily, I had something to look forward to because Alice had agreed to meet up with me for drinks that evening, and I had absolutely no clue how wild things were about to get. Introducing Dance Class Plus, my signature dance class, transported straight from the Lido deck to cruisedirectorkabir.com. There's a new live class every single week, Plus, if you're a member, you get access to all of the previous classes and exclusive bodyweight workouts. Sign up and start your seven-day trial today. And then it's just $15 Canadian a month. It's a great way to have fun and stay healthy. The ship's main promenade ran the length of the ship. On one side, there was the casino, followed by some shops, the nightclub, a martini bar, and then finally, the comedy club. The promenade itself was reminiscent of the 1980s. Neon lights, purple accents, and more purple accents. In some ways it was charming, in others it was gaudy. And in the middle of the promenade, opposite to the casino, there was a massive bandstand. The ship's party band was called the Exotics, and from what I gathered, they were British and had been playing together in the UK before heading to sea. By the time I had finished my desk hour, I was an expert on all of the different ways to get to the dining rooms. I could also already hear that the band was in full swing. They were playing old time rock and roll, which is a great song to turn up to and also a song that you often hear on cruise ships. Alice had very graciously placed a huge glass of red wine in front of my seat. As I approached the table, Alice flew up and gave me a massive hug and said, My fellow Canadian, from the true North strong and free. Since I'd gotten on board, I'd been treated like a complete outsider. And my eyes started to get a little bit puffy just to hear someone be my friend and just be nice to me. Alice noticed, picked up my wine glass, and handed it to me. Try this. It'll make you feel better. She was only short, maybe 5'5", five five, but absolutely lovely, around my age, and we just got on really, really well. As I sipped the wine, I was taken away by how amazing it was. Seriously, if you've not had it, it was called Layer Cake Shiraz. To this day, I wish I could taste that wine again. 
The sip sealed the deal. Alice pulled me to the dance floor and we started to dance. Three glasses of wine later and my worries were gone. And as I danced on the promenade, I started thinking that maybe this isn't so bad. And then things got interesting. The lead singer jumped into the crowd in the middle of Aerosmith's Walk This Way. And I don't know if it was the wine or just the vibe, but wow, did I think he was hot. By the way he was looking at me, I think he felt pretty similar. Caleb, the lead singer, was tall. 5'11", maybe. Slim, but not overly built. He had green eyes and ginger hair. And it was short on the sides, but long on the top. So every time he moved his head with the music, his hair flew around in the best way. Our feelings of attraction were confirmed when he sang Like a Virgin. Caleb decided to look at me throughout the song, and we all know a few of those lines are a little bit suggestive. At the end of the song, a member of the entertainment staff showed up to usher people into the comedy club, which was at the back of the promenade deck. Alice was on another level, too, and she decided to migrate to the ship's nightclub, pulling me by the wrist. By this time, it was getting into the later part of the evening, and the nightclub was packed, shoulder to shoulder, as we walked in to Beyonce's Crazy in Love. And I could safely confirm that Ocean Cruise Line was a complete contrast to my last cruise line. By this point, on my last cruise line, most guests would be asleep at this point. Within a minute, Alice and I were in the middle of the dance floor. A few of the guests recognized me, and we got a massive cheer as we stepped into the middle of the dance floor. Then, I could see a figure, a couple of minutes later, making their way through the crowd towards us. Caleb, the cute lead singer from the band, was face to face with me, and it was like a movie. Music was playing, lights flashing, and the two of us face to face on the dance floor. Moving enough to not be awkward, but also not enough to be considered dancing. He looked at me, grinning, looked down, and then just kind of giggled. Me being me, I ended up breaking up into a full-on dance to Who Runs the World by Beyonce. Now, whoever the DJ was that night deserved an award. Little did I know that I was about to experience one of the most incredible romances of my seagoing career. To this day, I can still remember that night. It was full of unexpected adventure, excitement, and freedom. For the first time, I felt like I had made the right call in leaving my last company and taking this job. There's nothing like a whirlwind romance to take your mind off of everything. But the following cruise, I was not only about to experience the wrath of Carter, the cruise director, I was about to feel what it was like when a ship literally collides with the sand. That and so much more next time. Until then, it's all about keeping afloat. I'm Kabir, your cruise director. Thank you for listening. This is Season 2, Episode 2 of Keeping Afloat, produced in Toronto, Canada. Copyright Cruise Director Kabir, 2020.